We're glad that you're here. The last five weeks we've been teaching on five practice, practices of our faith that, that have a, a connection into how we love God. We've talked about things like worship. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about what does it mean to totally surrender. In the next five weeks, starting today, we're going to be talking about five practices of, of faith that grow our love for people. That grow our love for people. Now, now this is going to get real for us. And, uh, and, and it's, it's going to be strong and it's going to be not, not I, don't, I don't want to be a jerk with any of the things over the next few weeks, but we're just going to speak truth, okay? And we're going to talk directly to you because we believe that if you will engage and if you will participate and if you will latch on to these things and make them a part of your life, I really do believe breakthrough will happen in your life for this year. This is where it's going to get real in your daily life, though, so get ready. We're going to be talking about how we deal with others. We're going to be talking about how we can show our faith. You know that you're supposed to show your faith, right? You know that no one lights a lamp and puts it under a bush. Oh, no. I'm going to let it shine, right? You shine the light. You're a city set on a hill. That We're not called just to gather and sing a few songs and, 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 and just hang out for 70 minutes on Sunday. We, we, we are to shine the light. We're to show our faith off to others. Come on, church. I'm ready for that found. We need a bigger sign. I I hope for a bigger sign, you know, with more than 42 bulbs on it that we light up this year. Amen. Today, we're going to deal with one of these things that we believe are so important. It's biblical community. In fact, I've got some of our team members, our staff that are going to come out here and help me this morning as we kind of dive into this today, because we want to talk about biblical community and why that is so important for us here at 1910. I I think I've got some staff back there. Hey guys, y'all pay attention. Come on out. Thank you, Angie. Come on. Just like we practice. Hey, we've been practicing for two we weeks. We were having church. Were having church. Hey, this is Pastor Kyle Kelly, Pastor Robert, and, and, and the mother dove, Angie Brown, here. And they lead uh, so, many, so many areas of our church that deal with this idea of biblical community. In fact, Pastor Robert, Karen Connection, why don't you talk about what role biblical community plays and how people might get involved in community here at 1910? Well, biblical community is such a big thing as far as Karen Connection goes, but the two things that I'd love to talk to you guys about today are our, our two studies that we're doing in the spring semester. One is financial peace, and the other is changes that heal. And, and Pastor Jason, your word breakthrough, that just really resonated in my heart. And, and, and guys, aren't you so glad that we have a, a pastor who leads us in this way? He hears from the Lord, and he's not afraid to say, this is what's going on, and we've already been having some affirmations about that. And, and so... I think all of us tend to live in a world where we think, man, this next year is going to be better. This next year is going to be better. And, and I know a lot of us have these chronic money issues. And a lot of us have these chronic kind of life issues. Like, isn't there something better? Can I just move a little forward? Can I just grow up a little more in these things? Mm. And I believe, and that's me. Yeah. We were just talking about that in the back. That's why we were late. But anyway, not about us. <laughs> this is your chance. This is your chance to say, you know what, I'm going to be a part of biblical community because that is where God's power is found. The early church is, that's why it was so powerful is because we were together and we need to be together. And these two things are fantastic studies. One will help you with, with money. We all need that help. The other is to help with things that maybe we go through life and we get wounded Mm. and, and it helps us to move past that stuff and to grow up and, and the group that we just went through with Changes at Heal, they are so fired up about it that almost every single one of them are going to go through it again this year. Mm, so if any of those things resound in your heart, I want to encourage you to go out and find that table right back there and sign your name and be a part of something 
that is essential biblical community. Pastor Cal Kelly, I also know that you lead a large group in our church with our life groups ministry. Pastor of leadership and equipping, why don't you tell us about biblical community, what that looks like and what you do, and how people can get involved here. That's good. We believe here at 1910 that uh, life change happens best in small groups. We can do a lot of great things corporately, but being in a community of a small group where you are known and you, you are known and can be known, you given can be given to, you can serve and be served. Uh, we say a lot that we learn better in circles than we do in rows. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just believe it's really important uh, for all people, but especially we're talking about life groups with adults that you be in some kind of a small group. And Pastor Jason does a great job this morning uh, in the sermon you're fixing to hear. It's just an amazing job of really setting us up for us. Um, uh, we also encourage our students to be in small groups. So on Wednesday night, they're in this room. It's exciting. It's packed. There's hundreds. I mean, it's an amazing event, but they need to be known individually, and it's a lot easier when they're on their small groups on Sunday nights. Mm. So if you've got a student that's not currently in small group on Sunday night, we have a middle school and a high school and a comfort group. We want you to encourage you to get your student involved there because it's very important that we go from the large group to the small group, and we can be known in those situations. Absolutely. And you get the opportunity to lead a rowdy group of people in our church called... I didn't even tell you what group, and they're all like, woo! Men. No, woo, you lead ladies. Woo! <laughs> ooh, ooh, men. It's we'll get there. Mine. Be ready, Radiant guys. Sisterhood. Why don't you tell us about what role does biblical community pay, play in, in, in Radiant Sisterhood? So biblical community is huge. It's our, we do two midweek, well, actually three midweek studies. And um, one is Tuesday nights. That's a new thing that we just started in the fall. So Tuesday nights, we have a live teacher, Terry Frachel and Letty Hernandez are teaching, um, just going through the four gospels. And this semester, we're going to talk about the life of Jesus through the eyes of four different authors. And it's a, it's a way we go verse by verse um, to to just dig deep into the word. There are new believers in there, but there are also some seasoned believers, I'd like to say, who have been walking with the Lord for 30 and 40 years who have seen the word in a totally different way than they ever had before. So it's a really great study on Tuesday nights. And, um, and then on Wednesday mornings and Wednesday evenings, we sit around the table and um, we are taking we're going to do the Armor of God this semester. Priscilla Shire mm. will be um, leading that on DVD. She won't be here live, sorry. But um, we will have our pastor's wives just talking about taking a different piece of the armor and what that means in their own life. Um, and so they'll be sharing this yeah. semester along with that. So a couple of ways for ladies even during the week. We also have opportunities like that for dudes during the week. I don't know if you men know, but Ooh, we have. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Come on, man. That was good. <laughs> Thanks, guys. They need a pay raise. They need more money. Um, But we have Wednesday mornings. We have Saturday mornings in which men get together, smaller groups, and just challenge one another, study the Word of God. There's normally food involved, which is great for men, right? Uh, But it's just an opportunity for men to sharpen men. We have our dudes weekend coming up as well. So here's the deal. Here's what I'm hearing. There are so many opportunities for biblical community. So many things being offered. In fact, even today, you found in the chair in which you were seated, there's just a little uh, guide that kind of explains and gives you times of of things that are being offered in groups. And there's even a place that you can sign up for this. Here's what I encourage you today. Um, I want to encourage you to, to just... Find a place and, and go to one of these tables. You guys have people I know at tables in the atrium today. And find a group to connect. Here's that. We can't force you to do this. We can't make you. I, I'm just telling you, if you're not in a community group, you're, you're missing out. 
You, you, you really are. And, and, and I know that you don't have to have other people to study the Word of God together and, and, and all of that. And, uh, but, but I'm telling you, it's, life is better when there are other people involved in our lives. In fact, we're going to dive into that right now and, and unpack that a little bit more. But, but thank you guys so much. But, but there's an opportunity for you today. It's really easy just to connect. And in fact, I just want to ask you a question. This morning. What, what, what are you doing? to develop those healthy relationships with other people. In fact, if I could just maybe add a, an adjective, I think I'll have that slide that we can throw up there, guys. If I could just say, how do I develop healthy spiritual relationships with others? You know, we all crave connection. We, we, we all want to be known, as Pastor Kyle alluded to, we, we all want to be cared for. We all want to be loved. We all want to be celebrated. We all long to, to give ourselves to something greater or someone greater than ourselves. We, we are all looking for this little band of brothers or band of, of sisters in which we can do life together with or, or maybe set out to accomplish some great goal or mission together. I mean, we all have this desire within us to fit in. And there are a multitude of things you can do to find community. I, I get that from, from sports clubs to, to not only things we're doing here church groups, from, from maybe even neighborhood bars, local business associations. I mean, there are opportunities to develop relationships with people all over. There are. Studies in the social scientists confirm the, this universal desire that we all have, all of us, of wanting to belong and, and, and the benefits that we reap from being a part of meaningful community. In fact, I was reading one article. It says that when faith is a factor, it is, it is even greater. The, the, this article said that people are typically healthier if they are connected to a religious group. Now, that's probably not surprising to, to us. For, the, for those of you that are Christ followers and maybe even those of you that are already in groups and, and, and plugged in, that, that's probably not a, a surprise to you. I mean, we've been created by, by God, and I think all of us long to, to connect with other people. We, we want to, to, to not only be known, but we also want to, to, to be fully alive. And I think that when we have other people in our lives, it makes us alive. I was going through an exercise just about six weeks ago with, with a group of pastors, and, and the exercise at, uh, challenged us. The coach that was with the five of us said, hey, why don't you write down some of those meaningful, life-giving relationships, those replenishing relationships in your lives. And we sat there, and for, for some of us, it was a struggle. In fact, I even heard one pastor, he, he just kind of went, whoa, this is hard. We all need those replenishing relationships. We all long for those connections with people where it's not just, hey, what's up, man? Or what's up, dude? Or yo. And you know if somebody greets you and they don't use your name, they really don't know you, right? What's up? What's up, homie? They're not your homie. They're going to call you by name, right? What's up, Steve? How you doing? I mean, they just, we all long to be connected. We all need those deep spiritual relationships. And there are so many of us in this room today, if you're God honest with yourself, you say, you know what, I'm really not satisfied right now with the spiritual community that I'm currently experiencing. In fact, let me just ask you some questions today. How would you answer this? Do you have a place to belong? Do, do you find yourself with, with maybe a lot of acquaintances, but, but very few deep life-giving relationships? Hey, ha has anyone invited you to be a part of maybe a community, a tribe? Anybody ever invited you? 
Do you believe that maybe you have something that you literally can offer to another group of people? Hey, let me ask you this one. If you didn't show up to our regular Sunday experience of worship next week, would anyone notice that you weren't here? Would they care? Have you really plugged in like that, found a group? Would you be missed? If, if, let me, are, are you willing to carve out and, uh, some time in, in order to, to really dive in in 2016 and develop some connections with other people, some deep life-giving connections? Will, will, you, will you carve out some time? And I know we're all busy. I get it. We're all, we're all busy. But would you be willing to carve out some time to not only have deeper connection with other people, but, but what about a greater intimacy with God? Will you do that? Why are we talking about this? Why are we spending the first Sunday of January talking about biblical community? Because we believe in it and you need it. In fact, the level of your spiritual, emotional, and even physical health, it relates directly to the quality of communal life that you experience. Listen, you need other people. As good as you are and as much under control as you have your life right now, I'm telling you, life is better when there are other people around us. And if we want to grow and go deeper, if we want to break through in our spiritual lives, I'm telling you, having other people to speak into us as well out of a spirit of love is really cool, isn't it? In fact, there, I love the example that we find. I know that we look at the Acts 2 passage a lot when it talks about biblical community, but I just want to it's a great example to us of, of, of what I believe was an off-the-chart group of people. In fact, let's read what it says in Acts chapter 2. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to, to fellowship and sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper. And they also participated in prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and they shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. This church, this, 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 this first church, this early church, they did stuff together. I mean, we have a tough time sitting next to somebody for an hour on Sunday, don't we? But these people were involved in each other's lives. They couldn't get enough of one another. What did they do together? Did you see all those things listed in those verses? They ate food. They listened to God's teaching. They worshiped. Man, we're doing pretty good with that so far, aren't we? We've been a part of all that here this morning. It says they gave away their stuff. They served their community together. They prayed together. I'm telling you, isn't that, wouldn't that be great to be a part of a community group like that? A biblical community. Hey, if you've ever wondered why do we beat the drum for life groups so much here at 1910 Church? Well, why do we have a place? And you know there's a place in the atrium dedicated to life groups. Listen, if, if you don't have a group that you're not connected with, today can be your day. You can go and, 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 and leave your information and we'll follow up. But why do we talk about it so much? 
Our life groups, you see, are, are, are these groups that kind of live out what we see here in Acts 2. These groups, meet, we, we, we meet in homes throughout the week. We do stuff together. Oftentimes, food's involved. Amen? But our groups exist because Sunday morning is good as it is, and, and we're glad that you're here. I'm telling you, that's not the type of community we, we necessarily read so much about here in, in Acts chapter 2. You see, Sunday morning is the catalyst for life change, but it's our life groups that we believe are going to sustain that. You need a group. Sunday's the front door, but those life groups that we offer you, man, that's the living room. That's where you hang out, and that's where you can be known and care for. That's where real relationship happens. In fact, if you read the New Testament at all, you will find throughout the letters written to the churches and to the believers, the early church, you're going you're to find commands like this in Galatians 6. Share each other's burdens, and this, in this way, obey the law of Christ. It's being together. Hebrews 10, 24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, hey, encourage each other and build each other up as you are already doing. Listen, we need biblical community. You need it. We're not just here to to just, you know, it doesn't, you're going to be better off when you find a group to connect with. You are. You'll be happier. Studies show you'll be healthier. Find a group. Real quick, I want to share three words with you today, if I can, to kind of just, I hope that maybe it will paint a picture of of what biblical community looks like. And it might even serve Pastor Kyle as kind of a blueprint for our groups here at at 1910 Church. I want to share three words. Say the word table. Say it. Say towel and say truth. Table, towel, truth. What do I mean when I say that? Well, here's what I mean. In biblical community, the table gives us meaning. In biblical community, the towel guards our mission. And in biblical community, truth guards our message. The table. You know, in first century Jewish culture, people found their place to belong in their family and their tribe as as a part of of local community. There really were no uh, uh, equivalents to to what we have today, like coffee shops. There there weren't pubs. There weren't community libraries. There there weren't local restaurants where people could go to to find community. There wasn't a, a bar in Boston called Cheers. There was just nothing like that. And so they found their tribe. They found community within their families. We know that they met together in the temple. They met in the synagogue, other people, other groups. They would meet there. They, they would meet in outdoor gatherings. But most of the time when you read about biblical community in the early church, they met in a home where a table became the center of hospitality. It became the center of acceptance. It became a, a place where friendships were developed. It was around the table that people found food and they found quality friendships and there was some occasional fun you know playing chicken foot or Mexican train or whatever you want to call it. I mean they just enjoy time around the table you see I think that image of the table is a perfect example for us when it comes to how we might foster authentic Christ-like biblical community Jesus was a table builder you know that right 
I mean, he was the son of, uh, of Joseph the carpenter. And, and Jesus, the first 30 years of his life, probably grew up building tables of, of all shapes and sizes, tables for, for all purposes and, and occasions. As the son of God, he was a member of the divine community. And, and even through that, Jesus continually invites us to the table. Come to the Lord's table. And as often as you do, do so in remembrance of me. Even right now, he is in heaven preparing a banquet, what? Table for those of us who will join him in eternity. He's a table maker. The author of community is both a table maker, but oh, he's also a table host. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a table that you go to in which you sit with other like-minded people that spur you on spiritually towards all the things that God has for you? Do you have one to eat at? Do, do you have a table with other like-minded spiritual people in, in which you can, can, can eat or, or maybe even share stories? Oh, don't we like to tell stories at the table? Do you have a table in which you can go to with other Christians in which you can be transparent and share your struggles? Do you have a table with other believers in which you can go and, and, and receive prayer as you share with them maybe some concerns or struggles you're dealing with? You need a table, don't you? You need a group like that. Or let me ask you this. Have you ever invited someone to your table? See, for some of us, like, man, no one's ever invited me. Hey, come on, grow up. Why don't you invite somebody to your table? Have you, so some of you life group leaders right now, oh, man, we've been meeting for 32 years at our table, and it's the same group. Come on. Maybe it's time to invite somebody new to your table. Maybe it's time to, 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 to find somebody here today that you don't know them, but they just look attractive to you and say, hey, you know what, I think I'd like to hang out with you. You smell good. I don't know. By the way, do you know that today's Pastor Chacha's 36th birthday? He is closer to 40. Now, the reason I share that with you is because I gave him a hug this morning and just hugged him. Man, he smelled delicious. He smelled so... I said, what are you wearing? He said, I don't know. I said, bro, you smell good. It's your birthday. He got a new haircut. He looks great. Tell him happy birthday when you see him. He's listening right now backstage, and he's, he's so mad. But do you ha have you invited someone to your table. I'm telling you, table gives us meaning. The table is for everyone. Come to a table. Takes us to the towel. The towel. Hey, do you remember the final night of Jesus's life here on earth with his disciples? You remember when they gathered in the upper room and they, scripture says they shared a, a meal together? It was in that night that the towel took on a new meaning. You see, it was customary for towels to be present at people's homes. And in fact, when people, upon entering someone's home, there would be a house servant that would oftentimes be there to wash the feet of people because of the dirty, dusty roads. And, and, and there would, they would grab a towel and, and wash the feet of the guests. And so the, feet, the, the guests had clean feet as they made their way into the home. There was a towel present this night of Jesus with his disciples in that upper room. The towel that night, though, it sat left alone, didn't it? Can't you just see the disciples kind of waiting for the house servant to come and wash their feet that night? I mean, the towel's present, and what's the deal? No one's here to greet us or to, to wash our feet. And the disciples, they just stared at it. And the towel, it just sat there. 
That was until Jesus picked it up. You see, Jesus did something that night with a towel. He, 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 he picked that insignificant towel up that night, but in his selfless act that night, that towel took on a great new identity as Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. You see, that night, their master became the servant. So see, while the table may give us meaning, it's the towel for us in biblical community that guides our mission. And make no mistake about it, there was no one who practiced the ministry of the towel better than Jesus. You see, for, for Jesus, serving was not simply an activity, it was his identity. Did you know that? In fact, look what, look what the description of Jesus is, the, the focus of his mission that we read in, in, in Philippians chapter 2. It says, you must have the same attitude that Christ had. Though he was God, he, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he, he, he gave up his divine privileges. He, he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he, he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on the cross. You see, def- despite the fact that Jesus was God, Jesus took the form of a servant for, for a season of his life while here on earth. Why? Well, he took up that towel so that he could carry out his mission, so that he could carry out his calling on his life. You see, we need to remember our mission. You know we have a mission, right? We, we have a calling too, church, and, and our calling is not to just be in groups in which we sit around the table and consume enormous amounts of food and tell stories and, and just be prayed over. Oh, no, we have a mission here too within these biblical community groups. Jesus was clear about his mission. He was. In fact, in Luke chapter 4, he said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, and the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And just a few chapters later in Luke 19, he says, For the Son of Man, or I have come, to find and restore the lost. Jesus was clear about his mission. But make no mistake about it also, Jesus was also clear about our mission. Did you know that we have a mission here on earth? And it's not just to sit around and worship for 70 minutes once a week. We have a mission, a calling. Matthew 28, Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always. Aren't we thankful that we have a God that never leaves us? That he's always there. He is an anchor. And look what he says in Acts chapter 1. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We like that, don't we? We like to receive the power. But why have we been given the power? Oh, to be my witnesses. To tell people about me everywhere. Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So let me ask you, are you a part of a group like this? Are you a part of a group that has a mission like this to make Jesus famous? In your own personal life, you may say, I don't need a group of people. Okay, great. Are you doing this in your own personal life daily? Are you walking and telling everyone you meet about Jesus? Are you making disciples? 
Listen, I'm telling you, when a group of humble servants gather together to achieve a kingdom mission, the impact on the world is profound. Our mission is to go and tell people about Jesus. Our mission is to grow them and make disciples. Listen, be the church. Be the mission. Grab your towel. It's time. Not only a table, not only a towel, but we also need the truth. You see, the truth guards our message. You see, a biblical community thrives. A spiritual community thrives when when its members are committed to living and speaking the truth. Listen, we must know the truth and we must live the truth. In fact, Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 32, what does he say? You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Would you agree with me? We live in a day and age in which there's so many competing messages in our world. There's so many ways in which we're getting information. People tell us this is right, this is wrong, this is what you can do, this is what you should do. If you do this, you're wrong, you can't work. I mean, we have so, how do we know really who's speaking the truth? How can we in the church today know what the truth is, what we should do with it, and how we are to live that out? Well, it's really easy. It's found in the Bible. You see, the Bible is that source. The Bible is the place in which we can look and find the feedback from God about our condition. We can see in it what our new identity is. We know that he's a good, good father. And we're loved by him. Why? Because God's word tells us so. In fact, the book of James says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. If you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, but then you walk away and forget what you look like. Some of you would like to forget what you look like, right? But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, God will bless you for doing it. Can I ask you a question? Do do you remember the first time you encountered the Bible in a way that it really rocked your world? Has that happened recently? And listen, I I know that you can read God's word on your own and and God, yes, he wants to meet you. and, And we are big proponents of that personal time with God in your closet praying. We, we, we understand and we get that, but listen, don't stop there. Reading and studying the truth in community will make the mirror of truth much clearer and brighter. You see, in Scripture, we discover the words of truth. But in community, we practice the works of truth. You need people. A table. A towel. And truth. Listen, you might not know everyone here at 1910. You might not feel like you're connected with anybody. Listen, we need to know one another. We need to become, you need someone else in your life. You need a network. You need a group of supporters. You need friends that will have your back. And you know this thing that we call church, it's supposed to resemble a family, not an organization. It's supposed to be a family. It's a place where you're loved and accepted. A place where you're cared for, known. 
So many of us slip in in the dark week in and week out and, and, and then something happens or, or, or we run into someone or we're not there and so like, man, I just, no one's ever called me. Well, we just don't know. I'm telling you, if you're in a life group at 1910 and if you serve here, I tell you, I know who you are. But, but for those of you that just kind of come in and slip out and just, you know, you're here occasionally and you, it, it's hard. And, and I'm not trying to be rude. I, I'm a people person and I'm, I want to know you. I, in fact, I think I do a pretty good job of remembering people. I forget anniversaries, but I remember people. Don't laugh. You do too. This is supposed to be a family. And I want to invite you to connect. Uh, today in the atrium, you're going to have an opportunity to do so. The, we have tables set up all around the atrium today. And you can take this card to women's ministry, man, you, to life groups or, or whatever. And you can get connected. And we want to get you in a group of people what you're known and cared for. I want to encourage you to do that. Why is it important? Something I said earlier. I think I have that slide. The level of your spiritual emotional and even physical health relates relates directly to the quality of communal life you experience. Hey, you need others. Let's grow with God together. You know what? I need you in my life. I do. So Father, I'm praying today that we would understand that we need other people. God, you have placed a great group of people in this vehicle called 1910 Church that encourage and pray with and exhort and challenge and spur us on towards love and good deeds. God, I pray that today we would not miss this opportunity to connect with the group. In fact, there's another group here today that I want to give you an opportunity to connect with, and that's our prayer ministry team. In fact, I'm going to ask our prayer ministry team to go ahead and come to the front at this time. In fact, everybody just stand with me at this point. Listen, today as, as we are dismissed and we're leaving, and maybe today you've got a need or a concern or you just need a word of encouragement. Maybe there's a struggle. Maybe there's something physical that you're dealing with. Maybe you're here today and say, you know, I just want to know more about Jesus and the difference he can make in someone's life. That's what these men and women are standing down front for today. And so in just about five seconds, I'm going to dismiss everybody to leave. But if you would love to be prayed with and encouraged today, I want you to come this way while everyone else goes that way. God, thank you that you hear our prayer. Thank you for other brothers and sisters that are here today to encourage us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. You are dismissed.